Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And all the world is football shape. It's just amazing. All right. Welcome to Global Scars Yellow Carded Podcast. I'm Stephen Brandt of... I was going to label myself under one of the many places I write, but I'll do what Ruben Tish says. I'm a freelance writer. He's Keith Kokina in Columbus, Ohio, and he's been pretty much anywhere. Anyway, today we're going to do something that we haven't probably done in the two and a half years him and I have been on air. We're going to argue with each other about something and in a friendly fashion, of course. (laughs) Yeah, in in a kind of a reference, I don't know Keith's politics. He kind of can figure mine out because I'm I'm borderline freaking crazy at this point. And no, I would say he's crazy. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I'm, I, 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 no, I'm the one who's crazy. Remember, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty. I know. Yeah, I know. You you come down definitely to the left of center uh, of the political aisle. I'm, that's that's pretty clear. Me, I'm. Go on going the other way, and I hesitate to say that because of what it might do to my future. But uh, <laughs> the subject. Go ahead. Excuse me. And then in the second half, I, I, I kind of want to talk about the MOS and what they did to. With your main lines. Oh, yeah, this is a long one. Raw and all that. I, I'm completely glossing over that I missed that MK Don's the. The evil team in the um, English tier beat up Man United, but that's—I don't think—I don't think a team like Man United takes the cuffs all that seriously. So that's in and of itself. Um, as kind of a reference here, I'm going to give people a little heads-on here. I don't believe in censorship. So what Keith and I are going to be talking about—if you're a little bit offended with what I'm going to be saying—I'm a little bit sorry, but I don't believe in censorship, and. I'm going to be a little vocal here. Now, as also reference, if you are a new person listening to this show, I'm only 35 years old. So there's some things that come out. Now, Keith is a lot more worldly than I am to a point. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> Translations, he's freaking old, no offense. Yeah, but, well. And he's, not, he's not even as old as my father. My dad just turned 70 last Friday. So anyway, yeah, happy um, birthday, Mr. Happy birthday, Mr. Brown. We definitely have to get a, get that in there. Unfortunately, he unfortunately my father refuses to listen to the show, and you'll love this. Wow. I had him listen to oh god, a year, year and a half ago, the first time you and I did a show together. This is back before, This is back when Simon was still around. I know where this one's going. <laughs> my dad turns around to me and he says, I cannot listen to this. It's too insider knowledge. I don't know nothing about it. I'm sure you're good. He hasn't listened to a damn one since then and I have been on yeah. I've been on for two years, so I'm sure my I'm sure my happy old man would would love it. He's he's knowing him it's about seven o'clock. He has his feet up after making dinner. Petting, petting Max and Frisk, and he, either with either with the economist on his lap or his head back drooling because he's falling asleep. Anyway, um, here's what it is. Keith texts me. I was at a birthday party for my father at my sister's house over the weekend, so I did not really get to watch much MOS. And when I'm home with my father, my dad really does not like soccer. He likes Abby Wambach because I grew up with her and the U.S. national team. He wants to see an MLS game, and we're going to come to Columbus next year because, A, I was born in Columbus, B, Keith is there. So you're not allowed, you're not allowed to leave Columbus for a year. Right, right. <laughs> for, as, soon as, I can, as soon as I leave, you, the, the parking vans can 
the the movie fans can leave can leave the stadium in the middle of the night, as far as I care. Um, <laughs> God, I hope you got that. What that reference was? Um, yeah. Uh, what, yes, what, I, I know. Thirty thirty years ago, that's what it references. Yeah. Ask anybody who was in Baltimore then. And I love Baltimore too, which is a which is a funny what a funny thing. Anyway, Timbers fans, I hate everything Seattle. And I have family members in Seattle, and I'm not going to get into that one either. And if they're listening, yes, I hate your city with another passion. A year ago, during a Cascadia Cup game, I say F, F Seattle, and my family goes lo- loses their ever-loving mind, which is probably the nicest thing I can say about a team, about a, about a city I hate. Don't, don't get me started on the state of Missouri. Keith will hang up the phone after what I have to say, so it's... Oh, hey, hey, you're a KU graduate. I expect you to say such things about Missouri. That goes that goes with the territory. It's like it's like me with Michigan, okay? And I never even set foot on the Ohio State campus to take a class. <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit politer about Michigan than I am about Missouri. But anyway, well, not by much. Let me tell you, not by much. Yeah, not by much. But you you, you have you have the. Uh, eloquence about it that I don't have about Missouri. Anyway, what we're going about is one of the best support groups in the in the country is the Timbers Army. I mean, they're just truly a lot of fun. And this whole TIFO thing that people are doing now is fascinating. Now, Keith had a big, big issue with what happened Saturday. And I want to give him this, I want to give him the stage right now so he can, he can give his rant because the text I got was Oh, yeah. Well, what happened the Timbers? Uh, first of all, I, I agree with you 100% about the Timbers Army. It's a fantastic supporters with the atmosphere in, in, in Portland. For every game, both the Timbers and the Thorn is phenomenal. It's, it's unmatched anywhere in North America. I will not, I'm not going to deny that for a second. The passion is truly unrivaled, uh, especially when it's a Cascadia Cup match. But the T-Fold they did that I thought was way out of line, and you brought up the political angle. I'm going to get to that in a second. It was a, it was a TIFO of Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz pouring a river of gasoline into the city of Seattle with the city then being set on fire. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the political angle because uh, this is the Portland group especially is known for being politically clearly left of center. And these are supposed to be people who say violence is wrong no matter what the subject is. And yet they're standing there publicly in a public stadium advocating burning down a city. Okay, in my view, wrong, 100% wrong, even in jet. Not, way, way out of line as far as I'm concerned. You don't go advocating in a, that kind of way burning a city. You know, obviously, Portland and Seattle don't like each other in soccer. Nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with the animosity. I have no trouble with the, with most of the chants. But what you have to remember is the, you know, there are kids present. Not everybody necessarily is in line with you politically. Uh, and to advocate that kind of violence, and that's what it is. Advocating city and city on fire is violence, pure and simple. Uh, it, it's wrong in my book. It's 100% wrong. And I'm not saying that it should have been censored. But I am saying, hey, if you're going to do that sort of thing, be prepared to be criticized because I have the right to criticize it, and that's what I'm doing. And for the, if you're a Timbers Army person and you don't agree with me, hey, contact us. If you want to have a discussion about it, fine. i got no problem with it. But if, you're going to be, if you think it's okay to put up a display, you better be prepared to take the criticism when, when, when people think it's warranted, and I think it's warranted. And, again, these are supposed to be people who are, are, are liberal politically and so always say we shouldn't have violence. We shouldn't have violence. Violence is wrong no matter what. And yet advocating violence like that, wrong in my book. And the one thing you brought up, and I understand what, the angle you're coming from, but it's an apples and oranges comparison, is when Atlanta was awarded their MLS franchise and the, um, one of the Columbus Crew supporters groups put out a tweet that said, welcome to welcome Atlanta, welcome to Major League Soccer from your old friends in Ohio, and it had a picture of General Williams to come to Sherman. Now, the reason it's an apples and orange comparison is not a fair comparison because that nah, it is referring to a historical event 
that had already happened, meaning Sherman's burning of Atlanta as he started his march to the sea 150 years ago. Nowhere in the tweet did it say, we want to see Atlanta burn again. We want to see this happen a second time. That's not what that, that's not what that tweet said. It was a, it's a, it's a completely different argument there. It's apples and oranges. That was, that was simply making, using a historical event to make a connection between Columbus and Atlanta because General Sherman was born not very far from Columbus in Lancaster, just southeast of the town. So, as I said, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying I'm advocating censorship in this case. All I'm saying is if you're going to put up a TIFO that could be considered controversial and could be brought, could bring criticism, you better be prepared to take the criticism. And that's because I have the right to say I think this is wrong. And that's what I'm saying. I think the display was completely wrong. And, and, and to be perfectly blunt, hypocritical. Again, these are supposed to be people with liberal political views and be anti-violent, yet advocating a violent act such as burning down a city. Wrong in my book, 100% wrong. All right. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, and I know you're going to argue this completely. I'm probably politically one of the most naive people there is out there. I really don't care about politics. But well, that's, hey, that, that's that's your decision. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm just saying the. Pool, I just. I just find that that you know, much is made of MLS support, at least in terms of the supporters groups being. Uh, much more left of center politically than maybe the rabid fans you find in the other sports. There's been a number of articles okay. written about that, so that's what, that was kind of my point. My point. This, these are supposed to be. These are not not arguing with whatsoever on this. Yeah. Here's my point. Here's my point. A couple points on this. And I can't look at this. As a father point of view, I don't have children. I have a nephew and soon to be a niece. I know I shouldn't be saying the second part on air, but I my sister doesn't really care. Anyway, okay. Well, I'll admit that I'll admit okay. that probably has some influence on my view. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And as, as far as I what I know about you and your son, your son seems to be a really, really well behaved, smart guy, and it, uh, the, the, he does. The apple doesn't seem to fall too far from the tree. I know you're not you're a humble man. But here's what I'm saying in all of this, a couple things. I don't dis- I don't agree with censorship in any conceivable manner. I'm also a Celtic fan, I'm also Catholic, and I also read a lot on the IRA point of view. I'm not gonna poke Keith on that because we've had many, many emails about that. So let's I'm not gonna get into that. You bring up the Dorothy uh, burning down the Emerald City. We brought Kansas into this. Do you guys also realize how many times the historical view is brought up between Kansas and Missouri all the time? Oh, sure. It's all the time. That, that, goes back, that goes back to pre-Civil War days. I mean, to an extent, the, the Civil War, in a way, started between Kansas and Missouri. Sure, I'm not yeah, – that. you're, you're 100% not, right there. Now, also, I'm of the point, I don't think politics should enter anybody's life outside of when you're at your own house because it's your own personal belief. And you know what? Personalities and personal lives really don't matter. Now, I'm being naive in saying that because our world wants to know everything about everybody. I don't really care. I really don't care about people's politics, their personal lives. Okay. That's not saying that I won't sit there and listen. Okay, with the TIFO. Now, I'm a Celtic fan, as I have said before. I don't think the Green Brigade goes far enough. I really don't. And I have said this before, and I'm going to say this again in another article I'm writing. Um, to think that there are impressionable people that are sitting in the stands they're going to look at that as a go-get to go and do it, to go burn down San- Seattle. Go and try it. Folks, go and try to start a fire somewhere. You're going to get thrown in jail. So if you are dumb enough to be taking what you see on TV as gospel and what you need to do over what your parents, your teachers, 
and your family say, if you have issues, I do not, and I am a, I'm unabashed one of the biggest Michael Jordan fans there is out there. His personal life is a goddamn mess. I am a huge, I am a huge sports fan. If I chose to follow 90% of what I saw out there, I'd be one screwed up dude. The thought that when you see something on TV and you have to follow it because you see it is wrong. You have to have a mind for yourself. To be honest, okay, that might be toting the, that might be crossing the land and the line in the sand about decency and indecency. And we're a very PC world in everything now. You can't yell at a kid on a soccer field without someone staring at you. Uh, staring at you. I have proof of that. I. I've been yelled at from my mouth on on a field. I'm a coach. I'm a coach now. So there is the PCing of society, and that aggravates me. And I'm once again, I'm very young. You should not be afraid to go to a match and say what you want. If you are going to bring kids to a match, to a game, and I don't, and I and to be honest, Keith. I don't think you should be going to games until you're 10 years old. There's a, and I've been, I've been to so many different, I've been to games in every sport except for hockey. I was at the, and I don't know how many people remember this. Do, do you remember when Jordan's father, not when Jordan's father was killed, when his, when they pranked him in Minnesota and said that they had kidnapped his great, his father, and they were holding him for ransom. I'm in the stadium for that one. When Rodman kicked the camera, I'm there. I was tear-gassed in Italy, God, almost 20 years ago at this point. Folks, bad things happen at stadiums. It's not the family environment that we all tend to think of it as. It's, it's a rowdy experience. And we think that, oh, we... <laughs> You think you want to get the leagues up to what it is like around the around the world? Back off, because here's the scary thing: Do you want to put a team in Oakland, in Oakland or Detroit with what, what's out there? No, you do not. If we're going to get hassled, and I haven't seen many people other than you that have had an issue with the TFO about this. I, I think that fans need to have more power towards the team and the stadiums they play against because <clears throat> soccer has lost itself, and I have a huge issue with this. Chances are that this is going to fall on deaf ears and be another because there's going to be another game where they're going to someone's going to hold up a tifo of Diego Valeri. Someone's going to hold up one in Columbus of John Hart's. Um, in D.C., if someone will do something about the government, there's always going to be some voice we're going to say. That's why, I mean, that's, to be honest, why we have YouTube, blog talk, <coughs> social networking, because there are so many more voices to say. This is not the 90s. You have to, you're able to say this. I mean, and folks, let's give you a, Let's give you guys a, a look behind the scenes. I've been on air with Keith for two and a half years. I've actually never met the guy. Keith and I have never been in the same, well, yeah, we've been in the same state together because Keith's been in Columbus and I've been in Columbus at the same time a couple times in, our, in my lifetime. So let's put it this way. If we're going to lose our crap over everything, why aren't we losing the crap What? Do you, do you remember when the guy the guy was pushed over the side at at, <coughs> at Ralph Wilson Stadium because he was too drunk about a year ago? No, because you know what? Next time something else happened. How how many people remember Michael Vick for um, the dog fights? How many people honestly remember people. a lot of people for, for the murder? I mean, Kent and R kicked a fan in the face and was still able to play, and he's some type of person with the cosmos. Things are changed. The world is not as bad as what we're tending to think. I had absolutely no issue with this. Where I didn't even, and I didn't even have an issue 
when Celtic pulled the Green Brigade after the Bobby Sands, the Bobby Sands um, mural. I think they should have gone further, to be honest with you. I won't say how far they should go because it would disgust 99% of Soccer Nation with how far, how far pissed I am with Celtic right now. You should be able to speak your own mind and take the consequences of what you say. That's why I well, came back to radio. Keith well, should be able to go on here. Now, I know he's a think 13-rated type of person. He's, he wants to keep a good soul, but he should be able to say something and take the brunt for it. So if I come on here and say something you don't like, tell me about it. If I do well, something you don't like, tell me about it. Okay. Well, a couple of things. You make a couple of good points. No, number one, in my, in my perfect world, sports and politics would not mix. Whether it be, you know, your statements at stadiums, whether it be, uh, you know, the Olympic Games and, and, and who should host and who shouldn't, things of that age. Yeah, I'm, I, I, that would be my perfect world. Sports and politics not mix. Unfortunately, they do in a lot of different ways. But the simple fact is, but you, the point you make here is the same point as mine. If you're going to say something like this, you better be prepared to take some seat for it, and you better be it's okay. You have a right to say that. But here, here, let me here, here's a, here, let me put it to you in a different way as far as my argument is concerned. Cause, you know, uh, yeah, you brought a Celtic and Rangers and believe that for a long time there was a lot of ugly, and I mean truly ugly sectarianism there well, in the 60s and 70s, and it was, both sides were equally guilty. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say Rangers were as pure as season's wife, because they weren't. The supporters certainly weren't. And certainly, I'm not proud of the fact that Rangers had a policy in place until 1988 where they would not sign a player who they knew was Catholic. I'm not proud of that at all. I'm not saying it was right. It was wrong to think that way. And I'm glad, and I am very glad that Grand Sunas hadn't sense to come in and change all that. So, and it happens everywhere in the world. But here, here I'm going to give you another scenario. Okay, again, I point out the fact that this, you know, the Timbers Trust Fund, Timbers Trust is known for being, being very liberal with their political view. And if you look carefully during the game, you'll see a couple of gay pride flags there in the game. Let's say somebody comes to a game and in support of a born-again Christian player on the team, and I don't know if there are any with Portland or not, or anywhere in MLS. There are some in MLS. I know that I can't name any off the top of my head, but I know they're there. Suppose somebody brings the Christian flag, which is white with a blue field in the left-hand corner and a red cross there. Suppose somebody brings that to a game and they're told they have to put it away. Or what, what is the reaction of that crowd to that flag? Do they come out and say, you can fly, you can wave that, we have no problem with it? Or are they, are they bombarded with criticism and hatred and bullying? And yes, I said bullying deliberately. You tell me there wouldn't be a firestorm of criticism over somebody bringing a Christian flag to support boarding a Christian players at MLS game. Tell me that wouldn't happen. It would. I guarantee you it would. I promise you 100%, a dollar gets a donut hole, it would happen. So that's why I say it's the, the, the big. You know, I'm not saying that putting up that display is going to incite somebody who wants to try to set fire someplace. I'm not saying that at all. And somebody who would is messed up in the head to begin with. My main point is it's a pretty hypocritical view for a bunch of people who are supposed to be nonviolent liberals to advocate a, publicly advocate a violent act in such a way. And number two, people do copy some of the things they see on TV. Look what happens when you see something like mass shootings, murder, suicides, things of that nature. Look what, you see copycats. People do copycat. They say, yes, you're absolutely right. There's something wrong with them mentally to begin with. But it can be a trigger. And while, yes, it can be, it's not always a family atmosphere at games. I can tell you for a fact that the crew games, where if you go to the Nordeca section, up at the top of their section, all the way around, every section they occupy at the top of every aisle, there are signs saying that these people sing songs that have some R-rated language in them. And that if you feel uncomfortable, but they do say if you feel uncomfortable with such things, you see a crew staff member and they'll move you. 
So, yeah, you're right. It's not always family-friendly at a stadium in any sport event. I'm not doubting that for a second. I'm just saying that as an, but as an, for an organ, it's different when it's individuals who get rowdy and say and do things as opposed to an organized group which gets together and collectively decides this is what we're going to do. To me, that's a, there's, there's a big difference there. You know, yeah, individuals will get rowdy, and that's one thing, but... You know, for, a, for an organized group that's supposed to be supporting a club to get together and say, we're going to put up a public display that advocates violence, you know, I, I still say it's out of the line. I say if they, if they want to do such things, fine, but I have the right to criticize, and I'm doing so. And that, that's, that's, where I st- that's where I stand on that. And um, unless somebody, if there's somebody from Timber's Army who give me a compelling argument to the contrary, I'm I'm, sta- I'm standing by it, and uh, if they if there are people in Timber's Army who don't like my criticism, I say then you shouldn't have put it up in the first place because you should have known if you have any intelligence whatsoever that putting up a display advocating the burning of a city is going to get you some heat. And I'm so and I am surprised there hasn't been more of this. There hasn't been more criticism. You said it's been pretty muted. There haven't been too many people saying anything about it, and I'm really kind of surprised. You know, again, this is, you know, this is a league which, uh, I, as I said, it's been written about how, at least from a supporters group standpoint, it's, it's, it's a left-leading crowd. Uh, and so this, this just, it just runs counter to what these people are supposed to stand for politically. Now, and as I said, I would personally prefer sports and politics not mixing together, but unfortunately they do. Some, and sometimes, sometimes it, can, it, can be a, it can be a good thing. Oftentimes it can be a bad thing. But I still, I still you, you make some good points uh, about, about fandom and, and politics and things like that. And I, and I get that. And they make, they make some sense. But I stand by what I said. The display was wrong. It was out of line. And uh, and I and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say as much in so many words. And those for the Timbers Army, if you want to discuss it or argue it, fine. I got no problem with that. But if you're just gonna if you if if, if there's the well, we want you know we don't see it that way, and you don't have a right to criticize it. Uh-uh, no, no, not fine. I have a right to criticize it. Uh, that that just as you, if you think you have the right to put up a display, I have a right to say that it's wrong. See, see, I have absolutely no issue with criticism in life because. Well, that's good. That's fine. That's good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you say that because you know, I. I, I, I know, for the most. For I, the I, most. I'm it's just a different area that you think. I don't. You're, you're right. Criticism as a, as a negative concept. Now I'm talking about this personal and interpersonal between like me and you, and that is that criticism yeah. actually is a positive thing. Um, you you right. should have all right, and, and we have we have this in society. And I mean, even if you don't do it online or on a podcast or on a blog, you should be able to you should be able to write about. I mean, it's ninety percent of the reason why I write. Now, when but, I write, I don't and, and that's really part, and that's part of and that's part of my point. I, yeah, I bring I bring up the Christianity angle. I guarantee you, somebody who brought a Christian flag to an MLS game would be told by these supporters groups especially, you can't do that. You are not allowed to have that. You shouldn't be allowed in the stadium with that. And that's wrong. And that is equally wrong. If somebody wants to, uh, if somebody, if you, if you have the right to bring gay pride flags for gay players, then I have an equal right to bring a Christian flag to support born-again Christian players. But that's not how it would work if I actually did it. I guarantee you there will be people in these supporters groups saying that you can't do that. You're not allowed. And that's that's the big difference. Here, you and I can debate this. We'll talk about it. We'll listen to each other's points of view. Whether anybody's minds are changed, who knows? But at the end of the day, we both have our time to say what we want, and that's how it should be. But too many times, these same people are going to say, "No, you're not allowed to say such things." But then turn around and advocate something they normally stand against. Now. My now on to now on to the MLS and their uh, mysteries of uh, blind draws. <laughs> I, I also have but I also have another thing that was just brought up, and I don't know how tuned in you've been online today, but uh, 
Landon Donovan is getting a farewell through through the U.S. national team at um, October 10th against Ecuador. Oh, is he a testimonial? Yeah, he's got a testimonial. Now, this is a yeah, great thing to do. Yeah, and obviously he deserves it. Um, I was listening. I was just listening to Grant Wall and uh, John Harks, and every time I hear John Harks, I keep thinking, "God, I hope Keith has his number because we need to get John Harks on our show." Oh, but, if I can get a whole Harksy, I'd get him on. No question. I would definitely call him. No questions asked. He's not on but, LinkedIn, uh, though. That's the problem. I've never. I don't know if he. I don't think he's on LinkedIn. At least I've never seen him there. But I'll. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll. Thank you for reminding me. I'll go look for him, right? Because if I can get a hold of him, I'll try to get him on. Absolutely. Because what, one of the things he was saying, and he was actually making a lot of sense about this, is that this is gonna. This is not gonna be what the media is gonna point it up to be, or what he was saying. ESPN is that we're gonna get this before the match. Is there going to be a hug and kiss, uh, a forgive me from Jurgen Klinsmann of Landon Donovan? Is this going to be a, oh, I messed up during the World Cup? And Hart said, listen, folks, what a testimonial basically is, is a love fest. In Europe, basically, you get to keep the gate receipts if you're the testimonial player. He says all all Landon Donovan's going to do is he's going to come out there play prom, play most of the game, get su- get subbed off and have have me rounding uh, a worldwide not a worldwide but a stadium wide um, cheering because you know pretty much every American Outlaw group is going to be there in some form or another and I'm even thinking of a way to get there and I'm. I'm not the most active American outlaw. Well, you're a lot closer to Hartford than I am. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I trust me, I, I might be texting you within the next couple of days of being able to get up there. I'm, I'm thinking of it. Um, anyway, this was a good thing to happen. Is this a precedent that we need to set in U.S. soccer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We should definitely be doing this. And Landon certainly is well, well-deserving of this, as I've said before. He is without question whether or not he's the best American player ever can be argued, but there is no argument on the fact that he is without question the most important American soccer player of all time. He absolutely deserves a testimonial. I, I wish this was more prevalent in the U.S., both for the national team and for clubs. I mean, I'd like to see, you know, I would have liked to see guys, like, you know, here in Columbus, like a Frankie Hayden, a Brian McBride, uh, Brian Mays and all those kind of people get testimonial matches uh, when they were done playing for the crew. I'd like to see. I'd like to see him do one for Brad Friedel when he finally stopped playing. You know, uh, I, I really would love to see more of that, uh, both uh, for club and for the national team. It'd be a wonderful thing. And uh, Landon is certainly deserving of it. I'm glad he's getting it. Whether you know what the what the response is going to be as far as between him and Jurgen is concerned, who knows? I mean, we might. You know, you know what we see, whatever it is that we see publicly, you know, might not be the same thing privately. I certainly don't envision Klinsman admitting to making a mistake uh, in that respect. Um, I, I doubt he would admit that, at least in a public level. Um, you know, certainly it's not like uh, he handled Landon Donovan's, um, you know, Omission from the team different than anybody else's. You know, this was, and it certainly wasn't a case of you know Landon uh, deciding on his own uh, by holding a one-hour TV show uh, to say he's not playing. Now, that was this was just a standard. Jurgen said, "Okay, here's the roster. Here's who's playing. Here's who's not playing." And that's it. So it's not like uh, you know, it's not like there's anything. Uh, there was anything untoward about how it happened that would make either one of them uh, feel like they need to apologize for anything. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, we might see some kind of, uh, you know, public uh, display in some form of your, for, with Jurgen and Landon, maybe you're shaking hands and things like that. And I'm sure I would like to think that uh, in both, to both of them are grown up enough and professional enough to say, hey, this is the way it works sometimes. He may, you know, 
they made the you know, decisions were made. This is the way it works, and I have no ill feelings. You know, disappointment, yes, but uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Stephen. This is something we should do a lot more of here in America because it's, it's comedy Europe and South America. We should do more. Guillermo Barrascaloto is another guy who definitely should have gotten a testimonial game from the crew. So the key question is, have you ever gotten a testimonial for any of the teams you played for? Uh, no, never. <laughs> never, ha- never have. Uh, most, of, most of the teams I've played for not lasted long enough for me to get a testimonial. They've brought, you know, they've, you, know, you have to remember, I just play co-ed amateur leagues, and your teams usually last a year, maybe two, and that's about it. It's, just, it's a very... Yeah, and this is the way it is in most places. It's a very transient thing. You know, people, you know, they pay a little bit of money. They show up when they can, and that's that's the way it goes. It's, uh, although the league I played in on Monday this year is a little bit uh, a little bit more stable as far as that's concerned. But so you have you know, see some different uh, people coming in and out every week. So yeah, I've never teams I've been on never last long enough for me to get a testimonial. So. I don't. I was going to text you about this last night, but I, I figured I figured you were I figured you were with your family. Did you? No, I was playing. Well, you, I was not, playing last night. I play on Monday nights. Did you see? I mean, Sunday night. Did you see any of the any of the soccer morning tweets on Sunday night? Um, no, I didn't catch any of that. You missed Trevor and Jason openly trolling Ted. Oh, now, now I better go back and look on my Twitter feed for that. That must have been good. It's like a funny you mentioned that Phil Shane. I think I saw it um, that Phil Shane put up uh, on, on Facebook. I'm pretty sure he put up on Twitter because usually I believe his accounts are tied together uh, regarding the fact that the the way that MLS's franchise model, even though it's still single entity to the to an extent, uh, makes promotion and relegation a little bit more difficult. So go look for that from uh, Phil Shane of being sport. But uh, oh, I'm now I'm, I'm thinking myself of that one. I gotta have I gotta have to go back and check that one out. <laughs> well, we need to get Phil. In, we need to get Phil and Ray Hudson on one of these one of these weeks. Yeah, that, well, that, Phil, Phil, I need to call Ray. I don't have his phone number. Phil, I do. I'll call. I'll, uh, thank you for reminding me. I'm kicking myself now for not getting on that sooner. I do apologize. But, yeah, Phil Shane, we definitely need to get on sometime. Yeah, but having, having the two of them on would definitely be fun. Now, here's what they were saying, but you can go back and read it. I don't know who has complete control of the um, soccer morning count. I don't know if it's Trevor or Jason has it. But right after the news comes down about Jermaine Jones, the tweet that goes up. Soccer Morning is having a blind draw to see whether Jason Davis or Ted Westervelt are hosting Monday Soccer Morning. <laughs> oh, good. Jason is it. Jason and Trevor, I love you both. <laughs> You're beautiful. I, I'm looking at this going, oh, dear God. Because I've got I've got people on my timeline that are just laughing this up. I'm going, and I think I t- I think I tweeted Trevor going, damn it. I have on my phone a picture of of Jack Bauer getting arrested that just goes, damn it, across. I'm like, damn it, you guys, you had to kick the fucking hornet's nest again. And Tana Wall and Stolar just went crazy again. Anyway, because of Stole Stolar just likes to screw with Westerveld, and Tanawal yeah. hates him. just hates Ted. I mean, I would love. I would love. My ideal world is someone calls Jonathan Tanawal, has him on, and then sneaks Ted on on air because the collective side. That, and I like Jonathan Tanawal a lot as his spots on the on soccer morning are great. His writing's very good. Just to see Tanawald lose it with Ted on air, oh my God, I would I just, 
you would, you would never get Ted on air by himself. He has to have like twelve other people, and he has to have it. it Jason described it once because he, Jason Davis is the only person that has ever gotten Ted Westervelt on air. He he got Ted once to call in, and it, Ted does not sound as crazy as he really is. But what this is all going around is that there's apparently another rule that MLS has that apparently if you outbid someone, it goes into a hat, and apparently there's a blind draw about this. This so reeks of the 1985 NBA lottery. I'm looking at this just screaming. Jermaine Jones is playing for the New England Revolution. Go back and read friend of the show, Ryan Sealock's Twitter exchange with Alexi Lawless last night. It's about the only time. Yeah, because Alexi, I Alexi, was the first, Alexi was the first person I heard it from. I watched the game last night. He was the one who brought it up. And when he mentioned his blind draw with envelopes, I'm like, what in the world is he talking about? I had no idea such a rule exists. And this is where, and I know Ted, Ted has called us MLS bots too. He calls everybody outside of himself an MLS bot. But yeah, MLS, one of the issues I have with it is player allocation. And uh, the, the process needs to be much more uniform if you're going to continue under the single entity format, uh, or you need to change it where people can, within the confines of the salary cap, openly bid for players who are out of contract. It needs to be more transparent. This, this NASCAR-esque uh, rule bending and changing of that is, is not a good thing. It's not something that helps MLS's credibility. Uh, so that, that one surprised me enormously. And as far as Ted is concerned, I know, you know, I know, uh, you know, Trevor and uh, and a few other guys don't like him. I openly hate him. Whatever. You know, I, I it's not my only beef with him is, is that as far as I've ever seen, and I haven't read him completely because I can. You know, I only I finally blocked him on Twitter. But there's never a rational argument with with Ted for the promotion on the promotion relegation issue. It's just this is the way it should be because I say so. Period. Uh, there's no. I've never seen him justify say, here's why we should do it. This, you know, this is how we can make it work and things like that. I've never seen him do that. And if he were willing to open to debate this on a rational level, I wouldn't mind having him on the show, but I know that's not where he's going to go with it. Because as I said, it's, as I said before, you know, while sports are a business, sports are not a business that can be run under purely capitalistic principles, and that's what Ted advocates. Uh, which is kind of strange because Ted is a socialist and other, as far as the rest of the world economy is concerned, from what I've read about him uh, from his tweet. But we've seen what this open market and open free spending does. It's why we have salary caps and luxury taxes in the four major sports here in North America, because there has to be, you know, there has to be some level of equitable financial, uh, uh, you know, financial state standing between clubs, because you need all the clubs. You need the competition. And this is why this is why FIFA and UEFA have instituted fair play, although admittedly it is, has some serious flaws to it too, especially with regards uh, to debt and spending. Go read Carter Krishna if you want more on that, because he knows a lot more about it than I do. But, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry I missed all of that. <laughs> it must have, I'm sure that must have been a lot of fun for both of uh, us. Trevor and Jason to be able to go and do that. I I I, I looked at this because kind of if you read Tre- Trevor and his hey hey word on Twitter, go and read him. Trevor's kind of crazy. Tre- Trevor's a drinking man, soccer fan. If you put it mildly, it's kind of like Maxi Rodriguez, not the. Former Liverpool player, the football intellect, another person we need to have on because he's goddamn hysterical. On, he's hilarious on Twitter. This, his whole rant about the MLS last night was quarter quarter funny, 
but on the point. And then Josh Gessman, who I, I will offline say something about him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it on on air right now. Um, was was going on about this? This is why when the CBA comes up in a year, the players union or whatever the hell they are in, in MLS has to push for free agency because of all these damn rules. We know, and Bruce Arena said it to Stephen Goff, that the MLS blocks players from coming back. We know Mixed Discaroot has been blocked at least once, maybe a second time with Columbus. We know, and I trust Bruce Arena to a T on this, that he was blocked from getting Sasha, Sasha Kletchen in here. He has, he has said it that the MLS blocks players from coming back. Would I leave to, love to see Mixed Discaroo playing, playing for Portland? Yes. Would I love to see Sasha Kleshin coming off the bench? Because LA Galaxy have one small problem coming up. They're losing Landon Donovan at the end of the year, and I don't know who the hell they're replacing him with. I would love to get someone on that's an LA Galaxy fan to explain this. But these rules have to be laid out. And uh, Merrick Colson has pointed it out on Twitter, and it would be interesting if I could get a line in on him to have him come in on this to talk about what the hell is the MLS doing and what, what's the point. Because there are some aspects of what Ted says, and I have a block, to be honest with you, that I agree with, that there's stuff that all we want is transparency as fans. He wanted to, Jermaine Jones wanted to sign for the Chicago Fire. He would have been real fine with the Chicago Fire. Now, I know that's 90% of the reason why Ryan Seelock lost his collective mind last night. But you shouldn't have this. You don't have this in the rest of the world. And the fact that we keep blocking a player like Mix Discarud, who openly has said he wants to play in the MLS, who openly has been blocked, is yeah, aggravated. As I said before, the rules need at least need to be clear, if nothing else. Yeah, ideally, I would like to see some form of free agency uh, in MLS. I, uh, whether you're know, under what, uh, you know, what provisions you want to put in, fine. I mean, there need to be some, obviously. And this is something you know, the late Marvin Miller figured out a long time ago when he took over the Major League Baseball Players Union. Is that that it's better for the game rather than just have everybody be a free agent every year, that there be certain eligibility requirements that a player has to meet. And there are, I have no problem with that. I hope that they get that. I hope that there are more owners like Merrick Paulson who are willing to listen. And more importantly, hopefully the, the owners and investors who are involved in this are smart enough to realize what just about every other owner in the history of professional sports doesn't get, and that is, all those people you see buying the tickets and holding up the scars and putting up the people and everything else, newsflash, they aren't there to see you, okay? They're there to see the guys on the field. And that's what, and it's one of the things that infuriates me about sports team owners is that they say, too many of them think it's about them. You know, whether, you know, whether it be a Mark Cuban, a George Steinbrenner, or a Ted Turner, whoever it happens to be, nobody pays any money to see them. It's about the players. Al Davis, the late Al Davis were a few guys who understood this concept that made sure that his, you know, his players were taken care of uh, in, ter- in terms of paying them. Uh, you, 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 can hear, you can go find a list of former Raiders going all the way back to the AFL days who, said, who will say he was one of the, guy, the guys who was taking care of people, especially black players when they were first coming into pro football, large numbers in the 60s, most of them were going to the AFL because the NFL uh, you know, had their restrictions, shall we say, uh, in terms of how many guys they let in. You know, Al Davis was one of the people saying, hey, you've got to pay these guys. 
because they're the ones who make everything else happen. And hopefully, hopefully Don Garber and the rest of the owners will realize this when they're negotiating the collective bargaining agreement. Because, yeah, it's not just about paying the players. It's about treating them like all the rest of us. George Will, the political commentator, pointed this out, that professional athletes were probably among the last people in this country who got the chance to say, hey, if I don't like your offer from this team, I can go someplace else and get a better one. And, and while it's not the same for ad, professional athletes as for the rest of us, it's a lot better than it was, say, up until uh, you know the early '70s when um, you know when the, when free age when the reserve clause of baseball was finally struck down thanks to Kurt Flood and Andy Messerschmitt and other people like that. So the idea, because there are people who think that hey, they're professional athletes, they make millions of dollars a year, they don't. They should be just happy to play wherever they play, and that's wrong. And that, that kind of thinking is wrong. And so I hope that you know the more progressive people in MLS will win out and realize, hey, the game is better off if the players are happier. If they mean, and not just about making more money, but having more freedom of movement, whether it be to move to another team in MLS, move overseas, or to come back. You know, if a guy, especially with the national team players, if a guy wants to come back and play in MLS, why the heck are you stopping him? You know, it doesn't make any sense at all to me whatsoever. Because you, know, you want them play, especially the national team players. You want them play, and so, as I said, we have the CBA. Hopefully, hopefully, everybody will work together on this because the last, the last thing MLS wants is a work stoppage. And if there's a work stoppage. I have very grave thoughts about what's going to happen to the league. And that would be such a shame because this league has come an awful long way in 20 years, a lot farther than I or most of the people ever thought it would get in such a short period of time. Yeah, which would be... Sorry about that. I, uh, I'm i partly scared about the CBA coming up with the MLS. With oh, I'm very nervous, too. I'm very nervous about it. Because we've seen in previous soccer leagues, I mean, remember, and you could speak to this more, and I'm not calling, I'm not calling you an oak tree on this, but there was a, there was a stop it. There was a strike in the old NASL. So yeah, there was. I don't remember when or how long it lasted, but there there was there was a player strike at one point. So we might see another one here with the MLS. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I have a feeling that it might. I think it's it's fifty fifty on whether it'll be a strike or a lockout. You remember, either one's a possibility. We've seen lately. More of the labor stop and the work stops we've seen in sport leagues have been lockouts rather than player strikes. Yeah, which yeah, and I, I mean, aren't, aren't we due for another uh, NHL one? I mean, we haven't had one in a while, so I mean, anything, no, I think anything except for a couple more. I think the NHL set for a couple more years uh, on that, but don't don't quote me on that. Uh, you know, you know, Mr. Bettman and his people have uh, done some rather strange things lately, although it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, I, th- I think things have improved greatly, even though they had to lose the season to get it. Uh, I think things are a lot better in terms, as far as the NHL, in terms of people being on more level footing financially is concerned, and plus the fact that they've got the provision in there, which hopefully MLS is going to take into consideration. The fact that if the revenues go up, then the player's salaries and the salary cap can go up as well. Hopefully... Uh, hopefully, MLS is going to take that into account with the new TV contracts that are kicking in next year. Yeah, which which would be fine. Uh, I just uh, I'm just getting text confirmation here. Uh, next week, holy goalie, the holy goalie is coming back. Uh, Eric Westover is going to call into the show next week. I I was actually cool. going to going to use this show as talk about coaching and soccer because I'm really thinking about getting my licenses for coaching. And Keith has done, I, I, you've done some coaching, right? Yeah, a little bit, although I, I found my son plays a lot better when I'm not uh, actually the coach of the team. <laughs> 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 we, 
it, read into that what you will. Uh, I just know it's, I, I, it's better. Yeah, it's better now. I, I've helped out a little bit the last few years because the kids are older, which helps. I went out. You know, the, at first when he was really young, just starting out, I realized it wasn't for me because at that you know when they're like four, five, six, seven years old, they need to learn more about the basic skills and the simple fact is I can't teach the basic skills. They don't have the basic skills. This one, it's one of many reasons why I'm a goalkeeper. So, <laughs> so it's better now because now they get the skills. I know the tactics better. I can teach them that stuff. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've done a little bit of coaching, um, you know, with the with these kids, and it's, for the most part, it's been a, it's been a pretty good experience. Um, you know, because especially uh, you know in the upward sports program where the where it's not a it's not a real high pressure type of thing, and I think that's that makes a difference for me because I I I'm not I'm very hesitant. Even at his age, he just turned 13 yesterday. Um, you know, to, to really start play, uh, you know, putting a, a lot of pressure uh, on him, which is I, which is why we deliberately steered him towards uh, these kind of runs. We didn't want him to get that uh, you know, have that uh, that kind of stress and pressure on him too soon. Exactly. So uh, what I want to do next week, and I, I've just been thinking about this, is um, I want to talk. I want to talk to Eric West, or A, about coaching because he has his coaching licenses now, and B, about transitioning from being a player. And he's a well-known. He's the U.S. national amputee starting goalkeeper, and he's going to be getting to a point where he's going to be giving up the sport and going into coaching and kind of where you go from coaching to it because I am here in Buffalo and Keith kind of knows this, but I I am a U nineteen coach for refugees in upstate New York right now. Um and I want to kind of talk about kind of what the philosophy is because I'm actually thinking of taking a goalkeeping getting a goalkeeper license for it. I kinda of want to talk about being a coach what different philosophy is, because I'm actually sitting right next to the best coaching Bible I've ever found. It, you'll laugh at this. I'm, listening, I'm sitting next to the official coaching book of the Dutch Soccer Association. I can think of more sources to learn from. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually just saw online, and I was, joke, I was joking with my father, because I, I, I wasn't even thinking about getting a coaching license. I was like, ah, oh, this is just something nice to do. My dad was like, you have nothing to lose. Go get your youth coaching license. And he looked all up all this stuff because my dad's, my dad's a wonderful human being in and of himself. But he, he, I was joking with him because Real Madrid has not just a small book. It has a freaking thousand-page book on how different coaching drills. I'm still waiting well, for the well, IX one. Hey, I got I got a news flash. If you think that's crazy, go look at Real Madrid's trophy room. Okay, trust me, it ain't crazy. Uh, <laughs> it ain't crazy at all. They have a thousand-page coaching book. You can't argue with that kind of success. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I, I have a whole lot of political issues with Real Madrid, but I won't get into that. I mean, part of me is a history major, and I just sure. Anyway, um, also coming up next week, we'll probably we'll talk more about the MLS because we're gonna, we're gonna, I want to base more on the American game because you you can go around the world and listen to the podcast about the sport. Obviously, we all want you to go and listen to ours on uh, the No Card Podcast. Anyway, it's not, I just got the ninety seconds in my ear. Um, are you back calling games yet, Keith? Uh, no, I am not. Uh, that hopefully will be coming up later this fall. Okay, I, I, I forgot how I forgot how quickly it's coming up. Um, yeah, this week I as as much as I would love to say I have all these articles coming up, I really don't. I don't have a damn thing coming up, which is kind of kind of kind of kind of freaking scary for me because I have about five in my head right now. I don't know where to put them. Oh, if someone would pay me to do all this damn stuff. If some if there's someone listening here and who has loved this outside of Global Global Stars, our our sponsor now, please get a hold of us. Keith Keith and I will go to any network, talk to about the game to anybody. We're very reachable. 
we're very t- we're very talkative, and yes, we will talk about pretty much any team uh, that we know of. Now, I don't think Keith could talk about the Serbian league unless if he reads up on it pretty fast. But we will we will talk about it anyway. It's been Steve Brandt and Keith Kokinda. I'm glad that I'm glad that Jermaine Jones is in the United States, but I don't think the meet should be going as crazy as it is. I will talk to you next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.